good morning, Dorisville again. Man, I'm happy to be here. Brother Dwayne is out, and we need to be lifting him up in prayer as he relaxes. And guess what? Mickey's got great taste, my brother. I'm telling you, I didn't plan it this way, but we're Twinkies this morning. He's wearing the same shirt I am, and man, I feel important, all right? That Mickey is wearing the same thing I've got on. So that's cool. So in case something happens to me while I'm preaching, he's just going to jump right in. You won't be able to tell the difference, okay? Thank you, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Hey, uh, Dwayne uh, has got this series, Joy Soars in the Skies of Love, he did last week. And I get Joy Soars in the Skies of Obedience. How many of y'all have ever been kids? And, man, your mom and dad tell you to do something, and, man, you do what? No, you don't do the opposite, Mickey. You do it, all right? Man, we train up our kids to do what we say. And you ever heard of the question, why? You know, about two years old, they get this smart thing. They go, why? And guess what parents say? Because I said so. All right? Right's right. God is God, and we just need to do what he says to do, okay? Sometimes that's hard. The older I get, I get a little stiff-necked at doing some stuff that he wants me to do. And I know we all have the same problem. I'm just up here confessing it, okay? It says confession's good for the soul. I can ask for forgiveness, and that's the way it happens, okay? But I'm talking about obedience is a sign of joy, okay? And joy really does come in obedience, and I, we're going to see that a little bit today. Uh, I'm hitting this thing off running. i got several verses here, 1 John 5, 3. Let me read this to you. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And the victory that has overcome the world is our faith. That's faith in Jesus Christ. Here it is. Love and obedience, they always go together. If you love your mom and dad, you'll obey, okay? You can use that with the Lord. If you love the Lord, you're going to obey and do what he tells you to do, okay? So you always got that going together. Here's another one. Obedience to God is an expression of our love for God. That's kind of the same thing I just said. Here these two things are. I got dyslexic, and Dwayne's kind of helping me with this. I said, man, John 15, 14 is the verse. And he goes, no, John 14, 15. So watch the way God worked this thing out. John 15, 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And what he commands us is love one another. Now listen to John 14, 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Isn't that cool? Even being dyslexic, man, I can't miss that one. You know what I mean? It's right there, okay? And I just said, joy soars in the skies of obedience. Joy is, and I love Dwayne's definition of joy, is a deep sense of well-being based on our faith in God and trust in his sovereign will. Now listen to this. John 15, 10 through 11 is what he used last week for his love thing. But it does have to deal with commands. It says, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that you will know my joy may be in you 
and that your joy will be made full as it needs to be. All right? So he's talking about our joy. God wants us to have joy in obedience. You think God had joy in obedience after he got done with the cross? Yeah. Because he accomplished his father's plan. His plan was to get you in that relationship and get me in that relationship. And he overcame our sins through the blood on the cross. That is awesome. I'm letting you guys know that I'm turning into 1 John, if you want to turn there. 1 John, and we're going to be in chapter 2. But before we get to chapter 2, 1 John 1 and verse 4, it says, These things have written so that you that you're... Ah, and these things we write, write so that our joy may be complete. Okay? So he put all this thing down in the first chapter about the light and the darkness, how he walks in the light, and how darkness is the world. Okay? Darkness is our sins. And then we get down to chapter 2, and he starts this out just like I started out today. He says, My little children, I have written these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, Amen. the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. Guys, do you catch what's going on here? In this verse, 1 John's dealing with authentic faith. He goes, hey, we have got an advocate. We got somebody that's going to go fight for us. We got somebody that's going to stand up for us before the Father and say, hey, you're all right because I took care of your sin problem. Okay? That is amazing. God took care of all of our sin problems. And did you get the last part? He did it for the whole world. All we have to do is accept. And that's the good news of the gospel. But man, just because we accept, we still got to be obedient. He says he paid the cost. That was dying. He suffered God's wrath on the cross. What I deserved, I got his reward. And that is that grace. Okay? Man, 1 John, let's read it. Pick it up in verse 3. It says, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. All right, here is the status test for authentic faith. We know that we have accepted Jesus Christ in our heart if we do what? If we keep his commands. It's the choice. Every time God commands us to do something, it's a choice for me to walk in obedience or walk in disobedience. Same thing as a child growing up. You had a choice. What happens if you didn't walk in your parents' obedience? You had a little talk, didn't you? Okay? <laughs> I remember those little talks. My rear end hurts sometimes, okay? <laughs> sometimes God has a little talk with us, okay? He has that thing with us. He says, hey, I want you to do this. And if we don't do that, guess what suffers? Our joy. Our joy suffers if we don't walk in obedience, okay? So we need to keep his commands. And guys, in the Old Testament, God gave us commands. God gave us the commands, the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, 
And guys, guess what? When he gave those, he told the people of Israel not to come close to that mountain because he's going to come down on that mountain. He is a holy and just God. If they came close to that mountain, not being clean, guess what? They died. God cannot stand sin. That's our problem, okay? We have a sin problem. Adam and Eve fixed it from the very beginning. They stumbled. They fell. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have that sin problem. But we all have that sin nature, okay? But God took care of that on the cross. We're going to see that. Why that's so important. He's the advocate and he's the propitiation for sin, okay? And here we go. Pick it up in verse 4. He says, The one who says to me, I have come to know him and does not keep his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. Wow. Are those some stiff words? Those are. Those are stiff words. If you're doing a litmus test, if we don't do what God tells us to do, we are saying, hey, I don't know you. You're not one of mine. Okay? My dad always had the saying, you're going to do the right thing because I raised you and you got my name attached to you. So you're going to do the right thing. Do you realize that's what God does to us? We got his name attached to us. Okay? We do. But here, get the good news here. It says, but... Whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought to himself to be walking in the same manner as he walked. Let me get this for you. How many of y'all like stories? I can communicate pretty good through stories. I love the parables of the Bible. Uh, the, the story always comes to life. The truth comes to life. Let me see if I can get you a parable on this. There was a businessman who was very successful at his business. And he was, his business was growing and growing and growing. And it kept growing. And he had an opportunity to go over to another country for a little while and start another business. And he goes, hey, that's a good idea. I think I will do that. And so he trained his employees he said, hey, this is how you run this thing. This is how I want you to do everything. And he, he was getting ready to leave. And he says, I'll write to you. I'll give you all the communication you need. Just all you got to do is follow my directions. All right, so he comes in, leaves the next day. He's gone for at least two years. He comes back in the office. First thing he noticed, nobody mowed the grass out front. Man, that really irritates you. He goes into the door. The secretary's asleep at her desk. Another thing is, he's getting in there, and guys, there's loud music coming from the hallway where all the offices are. He's going, what's going on? These people are relaxed. They're not doing what I told them to do. This company's in shambles. He calls all of them together, and he goes, hey, did you all get my letters? They go, yeah. Hey, even some of us has memorized them, okay? That's pretty awesome. He goes, well, what's the problem? The problem was they weren't doing what he told them to do. They had all the knowledge, all the book knowledge, but it wasn't getting out to the doing part. You see how it's important for us to obey God? By us obeying God, he gives us the privilege of sharing the gospel. 
A shoebox, for example, isn't much, but God can use that obedience that you had to do one of those shoeboxes to touch a life. Isn't that pretty cool? It's not our works that do it. It's him working through us, okay? It's him accomplishing his plan through following the boss, okay? That's a pretty good story, huh? Hopefully you guys get the point there. Hey, here's the other thing is, it doesn't matter what you think or what you feel. It just matters that you do what God tells you to do. You might be good at singing. You might be good at reading books. But until you're willing to do what God commands, you won't be used by him, okay? Especially with something that you don't want to do. Oh, why did I put that in there? Because this week, guys, guess what? God used me in a special way, but I really wasn't wanting to. You know, I was justifying all my time this week and saying, hey, Dwayne's out of the office. I got to preach. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I was missing an opportunity to be obedient. I really didn't want to. But I told Danny, if I tell Danny, it's going to get done. So I said, Danny, you're going to go with me and we're going to install a ramp today. Uh, my brother Jeremy turned me on to this person that really needed a ramp. So we're going to go do that. So, man, we're going to go do that. So I get there, meet her. She's a great lady. Had a story to tell. Man, was she excited that she got a ramp this week. Was she excited we installed it that day? You know what I mean? I went back up and I said, hey, it's all installed. You can use it now. She was in tears this week. In tears of joy for somebody who just built her a ramp. Isn't that amazing? But you know what? I'd miss that opportunity if I followed through with what I wanted to do because it really wasn't something that was on my agenda. It really wasn't something that followed my plan. And that's the way God does us. He has to know he's in charge. And we have to let him be in charge of our life. We don't always have to follow what we want to do. We need to do what he wants us to do. Amen? So there is a, a plan there. Let me tell you, God made you for a relationship with him. Wow, that sounds familiar, isn't it? God made you different than the birds. He made you different than the dogs. He made you different than the cows. Anybody. But he made you human to have a relationship with him. You are made in his image. And because you're made in that image, guys, you are made for that relationship. Let me give you a little thing here. Uh, another story is, to kind of illustrate this, there's this dead branch hanging over a lake. And these birds built a nest. They had their little birds. I don't know what you call them, the little chicklets or whatever. Okay? And they all lived on this dead branch. And it came time that these dead or these birds were going to need to take flight, okay? They're getting too big for mom and dad to take care of, so they started walking each one of these birds, forcing the bird out to the edge of this branch. And guys, when you run out of branch, there ain't nothing there except for the lake, okay? And guess what? They went off that branch, and before they hit the water, they started flapping. And guess what happened? When they started flapping, they started flying. They realized Hey, I can fly. This is great. This is more freedom than walking on that branch all day, okay? And guys, guess what? There's three of them. 
The first two did all right. The third one reminds me of me. He gets him out there to the edge, you know, and he's trying to get him off the edge. This bird goes underneath the branches, hanging upside down, not wanting to let go. How many of y'all can identify with that? Guess what the parent bird did? The parent bird did a little pecking on the little talons of his legs, you know what I mean? And he got him to drop. And when he dropped, he did just like the rest of them. Started flapping his wings. And guess what? He flew. You know, they realized their purpose. Birds are meant to what? Fly. Man, just like we are meant to have a relationship with Jesus. We are meant to have that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? He provided all that for us. But some of us get stubborn. Some of us don't want to follow that, okay? So that's what I want you to see there is, man, we need to follow his commands. And that will bring true joy and obedience. Listen to this. In this verse, it says, In him the love of God has truly been perfected. Has truly been perfected. Man, you know that same word perfected he used on the cross. When he gave up his last breath, he said, It is finished. It is complete. His forgiveness was made complete when Jesus died on that cross. Okay? That love for us was made. And the only way we can have that is in him. Look to me to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says, For grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. Hey, guys. We didn't have anything to bring to the party. It wasn't my good works that got me anything. That doesn't get me nothing, okay? All my works are like dirty rags to him, okay? It's just like this week. I would have missed God if I didn't feel convicted to do the things I was supposed to do, okay? It's by his grace, okay? Grace is not in myself. It is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one will boast. Get to verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him in advance and would walk in them. Wow. He's prepared obedience. He's prepared works so I can walk in them through obedience. Okay? Obedience is just following his plan. Obedience is doing what he told me to do. Remember, obedience is doing the thing I don't want to do, okay? That's a real sign of obedience. That is a litmus test for how he lives in my life, how I'm following him as a believer. And that's also caught up in this verse. Uh, let me get back to First John here. First John here it says by this we know that we are in him the one who says he abides in him ought to himself walk in the way the same manner as he walked who's he? Jesus he did a lot of work here on earth the reason he did that was to show everybody 
who lived inside of him, what he was about. He didn't sin, okay? He didn't have that sinful nature. He overcame that. And his dying on the cross made me right. He's my advocate. He's my propitiation for sin, okay? He is the reason I am redeemed, okay? I love that song, Brother Dave, and uh, Big Daddy sing, redeemed. I mean, that is it. He provides that free with his grace. He gives me power to live it out day by day. Obedience is following Christ. Okay? So, when I'm obedient, I follow Christ. Does that mean... Oh, let me get this. Obedience is me following Christ. In Acts 11, 19-26, let me get this. It's uh, after Stephen was martyred. Uh, man, things were going awry for the Christians. They saw this one guy, Stephen, killed, and guess what? All the Christians say, hey, we need to bug out of here or we're next. Okay? So they went to Antioch. They went to different places. And when they went to different places, they shared the love of Jesus in their heart. Okay? They met each other's needs. They did things for each other. Okay? They showed the love of Christ in their actions. Okay? And by their actions, Barnabas was called. Uh, Paul was called. Not Paul. Uh, somebody was called. Okay? We're called to come back, and they, they're going, hey, look at all these people. Guess what they're acting like? They're acting like Jesus. And this is the first time in Antioch that they were called Christians. And guess what that Christian word means? Little Christ. They were being little Christ, okay? It's amazing. The world recognizes us when we do the things that Christians ought to do. They go, hey. That's living Jesus, okay? That's what it's all about. That's us getting the joy for doing what Christ called us to do, all right? Here it is. Obedience validates our love for the Lord. God, the Holy Spirit, does the work, but we walk in that obedience, okay? He loves us, okay? The heart, I saw it this week. The heart, everybody knows that's love. Hey, when God says he loves you, he loves you like this. It's the cross. Because he took that on. And he tells us, if you love me, you're going to take up your cross daily and do what? Follow him. Okay? I don't know how many of you all go to New Orleans, but man, we get this cross and we walk the streets. And there's something here that cross. Don't, don't. It's something to feel the weight of the cross. It's really something to feel the crowd pressing in. And it's really something to take the abuse that you get from the cross. They'll wing beads at you. They'll do whatever, okay? But hey, how much did my Savior go through for me? How much do my sins cost him every day? Do you realize even though I'm saved, I'm still a sinner. I'm not perfect. I do stumble. I do fall. And you know what 1 John 1, 9 says? If I'm faithful, I'll confess my sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and help me, okay? He's there. He's my advocate. He's the one that goes with me. He's the one that does the work of the Father in me, okay? And the only reason I get to be a part of this is I'm showing the obedience because he's the reason I can do those things. It's not Brent, okay? It's him. 
Peter is a good example. Peter in uh, Luke 22, it said that uh, this is after the Lord's Supper, after the guys were all together, and Judas was sent out, and they were talking, and Peter says, Lord, I'll follow you all the way to the grave. Okay? So Jesus tells Peter, hey, before the cock crows tomorrow, you're going to deny me three times. And if you know the story, guess what? Before the cock crows, Peter denied him three times. And he went out and wept. He knew he didn't hold up his end. Hey, did God still use Peter? Yes. He came back from the grave. He sought Peter out. And he says, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes. Go feed my sheep. He asked him that three times. And God brought Peter back to where he needed to be, to be obedient. He brought him up, okay? That wasn't nothing Peter did, okay? Peter failed, but hey, God was able to help get him back to where he needed to be to be a follower of Christ. And he was a major leader in following Christ, wasn't he? Amen. He can do that. He we, does that to us. The other parable I want you to see is a story in Matthew 21. Matthew 21, the parable of the two sons starts at verse 28. It says, But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. Did you hear that? How did he answer? I will not. Man, that guy's got a hard head, doesn't he? But afterwards, he regretted and went. The man came to his second son, the second, he said the same, and he answered, he said, I will, but he did not go. Which of the two sons did the father, did the will of the father? Which one? The first, he said no. Because his actions spoke louder. Okay? His actions are what it's all about. You might say yes to the Lord all the time with the mouth, but your actions, your obedience show where your heart is. Amen. Amen? They do. And Jesus was doing this for the Pharisees. Guess what? The Pharisees knew it all. They didn't want to have Jesus' authority. And he also says to them in this, he says, Truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you the same way of righteousness and you did not believe him but the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe in him and you see this did not even feel remorse after so they believed in so as to believe in him guys God can take anybody and use them but he can't take somebody that's stiff necked and won't follow won't give in, okay? He can't. He won't. Okay? That's the reason it's important that he wins the battle of your heart. You have to accept him and know that you're a sinner. And the reason he gives us commands is to know that we can't possibly live 
to that standard. Okay? That's my sin. That's my sin nature. I can't do it in myself. I got to rely on him. So when I invite him in, he gives me the power in him to accomplish what needs to happen in my life. Okay? He does that for every Christian. He gives you the power in him to live this Christian life. It's by grace you're saved, not of works. Okay? But works do show that you do have the faith in you that you're willing to follow. Is that good? That's, that's a hard thing to get, but a lot of times that's what he was communicating here in the obedience. Here it is. Dietrich Bonhoeff had a great quote. And I know Dwayne uses quotes a lot, and I want you guys to see this. It says, one act of obedience is better than a hundred sermons. Amen, okay? When you obey, that's saying a lot to everybody else because you have a stake in it, okay? You have something in the hunt, okay? You are actually giving in and letting God use you in a mighty way. So that's pretty awesome. In closing in this, I can't believe you guys are letting me do this so quick. It didn't go, happen to the way the first service, so don't tell them about it, okay? Matthew 7, 21. Let me t- take you to Matthew 7, 21. This is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to get this one verse. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Wow, and it goes on. You can read some more there, but you guys get this. Not everybody goes through the motions going to get into heaven, okay? All right? Because they're not obedient in following Christ, okay? Guess what? The devil is a deceiver. I think Trey did Judgment House, and he did a wonderful job in the hell scene. Is when uh, John comes up and hugs Karen, his wife, in hell. Guess what? It wasn't Karen he was hugging the devil. He's a deceiver, guys. There are some things that are out there that don't look right, okay? They, the devil can do things, you know, his way, okay, to make it look like it's good, but it's not. We need to make sure that you have Jesus Christ in your heart and you know him as your personal Savior, okay? And you walk in those things. And that's the reason he gives us the litmus test John does. It's authentic faith. It's how you live it out. It's obedience. It's following him every day. Are you going to fall? Are you going to mess up? Yes. I have a sinful nature. I'll be glad at the end of eternity when that com- or at the end of this life when I step my foot into eternity when I get rid of my sinful nature because I won't have to war with that thing. I won't have to figure out, is this the right thing for me to do? It'll be automatic, okay? But until that happens, he gives us the Holy Spirit that allows us to know what his will is in each one of us, okay? When you invite Jesus in, he gives you that Holy Spirit that helps you live this Christian life, helps you obey, okay? Helps you get this job done of presenting the gospel. Now, hopefully you've heard that through me today. It's very important, guys. Know who you believe in. 
know that you are a child of his. It's seen by your actions, by the way you live your life, by the way you obey him as your heavenly father, okay? It's all there. It's time for you to make a decision. That thing said if. When we started out this verse, it says if you obey my commands. It's a choice. If you invite Jesus in to be the master of your life, the one that wants to forgive you, has a plan for your life, to have that relationship with him. You need to make sure you nail that down today. You might be one out there that says, man, I never thought about that. It does matter what I do with my life. It does matter who I follow. It does matter if I'm obedient. If you need to confess some things, he's here today, his Holy Spirit, that will forgive you those things and help you on that path. But you have to do the work. 